The last podcast we recorded, which was a, I thought was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It didn't. I lost it somehow. Are we recording right now? We're recording, and this is uh, we haven't uh, published in a month. No. Well, we haven't record. We haven't published the last three podcasts that we recorded. That's right. One because there was a fail. The one before that because it took you too long to listen to it, and then when it was time to post, you were like, "It's not really relevant anymore" because we were talking about current <laughs> events. So I'm blaming that on you. I'm 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 resentful about that because I said a lot of great stuff on that one, and the one before that, I don't know. It, it, it was odd because you had to tell a story. That I wasn't sure I could tell. And then you told it, yeah, it was was just weird. And we should have published it anyway. I know. I was thinking that maybe we should just publish these, the the last two. That's what I said. Just, just, yeah. You're wearing glasses. Yeah, because I want to see you. I mean, I... This is a new thing? It's kind of new. I mean, I've I've had these glasses for a couple of years, but I, my my eyesight's getting worse. You're nearsighted. And I think... I think the farsightedness is starting to, or the reading thing. Is yeah, I think that's farsighted. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know if it's farsighted, but it's yeah. yeah. You you need to wear reading glasses? Not yet, but I can tell. It's I do. It sucks. Maybe, uh, it's horrible. I hate it. I mean, I'm used to it now, but it's just it's annoying. But you look good with glasses, I think. Yeah. Well, it gives you a different feel. I guess. The wise. David Sutcliffe. Yeah. The mature David Sutcliffe. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's buying that. Are they? You are looking hot. What is going on? Oh I'm sorry. I know you you sort of uh, alluded to the fact, because I comment on how you look, that maybe there's some people in the audience, some women who don't like that. No, I, well, I don't know. I don't know Do if that's true. you not like it? No, I like it. I, I yeah, like. I make a joke, but no, I I appreciate it very much, especially today, since I. You're like wearing tights. You're like ass is perfect. Your legs are lean and strong. I mean, I've never seen you look better. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. You got this new haircut. I feel like I got to step up my game. <laughs> I got the worst haircut. This? <laughs> do you notice this haircut? Remember, I got my haircut. Yeah. Listen, Molly, no. uh, I love you at Culture Salon. <laughs> She's amazing. The best haircut I ever received, ever. All my years in Hollywood and LA, all the fancy hairdressers. This was the best cut I'd ever received. When I, you know, when I got my haircut, uh, what was it? About two and a half months ago. Yeah, and you just got it cut ago, again. It was the best cut I ever had. And then I went back to get it cut again, and it's one of the worst cuts I've ever had. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know, same don't person. It's, it's no. horrible. No, it really? just, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. It won't sit oh. right. It's just, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's not horrible, but it's not. It was weird. I was so excited oh. that uh, uh, I think Molly was just having an off day. Or I don't know what she had an injury. She had a, a oh. wrist guard on. Oh, I think they get That's probably uh, not good for some, a hairdresser. You know, from the scissors. They get carpal right. tunnel. Right, right. So maybe she uh, she should have took the day off and been icing it, not cutting my hair. <laughs> but I forgive you. I'll be back, Molly. But next time I'm going to bring a picture of the first haircut, and it's like a little longer. I'm, I'm confident you can get back to your old ways. Anyway, 
I I can't really tell that you. I mean, it looks like it. You got like a little something off, but it it doesn't look that different to me. The... No, no, it's much different. Hmm. How dare you? You don't even notice my haircuts. <laughs> no, I noticed the last one, but this one. Well, obviously, I got right. you know I had long hair, but you don't notice this one. Not as much. No. How are you feeling? Why are you uh, so hot? What's happening? You're eating different diet. You're working out more. What is what is your regimen? Tell mm. the tell the women out there. Well, I mean, it's so interesting that you're asking me this question today, in this moment, because I just had a session with my therapist, uh, and I'm exhausted right now from that. So, um, but it was really all about. Uh, my strategy, the ego, my ego strategy, what I, what I was, what I learned to do, uh, which was basically like, whatever choice I made was the choice to look good, you know, to, to appear good. And um, you had to look good for your mom. Yeah. And everyone like that's how, that's how, that's how it felt to me Mm -hmm. until relatively recently. And I don't know, something's happening to me where I just feel like I can't, it's like, I I, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Look good for other people? Yeah. But you look better now than ever. Which is really weird that you're saying that because, you know. But you know that. Well, maybe a part of me does, but right now in this moment, I just feel like my ego is defeated, (laughs) you know, like. Because I, I don't want, I don't, I don't, I can't operate from that strategy anymore, mm-hmm. but I don't actually know who I am or what I want if I don't operate from that strategy. Right. It's a really weird place to be. And so, yeah, so I just, I want to say that first. But, you know, I think just generally, I mean, the first thing that I will say is, is, I started, I did start working out in a consistent way about six years ago. Uh, my teacher, one of our teachers, um, Patty Hammond, mm-hmm. who I love, um, in one of the sessions we had, she said, Angela, you need to work out. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, you need to lift weights. And I said, Why? And she said, because you need to feel how strong you are. Mm. You are actually very strong and very powerful, but you don't feel it. And it was true. I didn't feel strong or powerful at all. I felt like I was weak and I was always getting hurt. And like whenever I worked out, it was, there was always some injury that was happening. So I just, I just thought I was a weak person. And so then I heard about this workout called Super Slow. And I saw some of my friends do it and they were they were getting stronger. And they said that this workout was like half an hour a week and just lifting weights in this room with a trainer. And so super I super slow though. It's excruciating. I've done it. Oh, you have? Oh my God. Yeah, it's excruciating. It's so, time under load as opposed to reps, yeah. right? You're trying to get time under load. And You're trying to get to muscle failure. Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta fail. It's one one set slow to failure mm-hmm. but it's excruciating yeah yeah so it's it's hell but it it's once a week it's once a week so i was so i i, I signed up and i've been going consistently for six years and i just i just went today actually for, for yeah. the first time in austin i found my person here. oh really 
And uh, yeah, it, it did something. It did make me, I, I started to feel my strength. And I was like, wow, this works. So, you know, sometimes I tell my clients, I'm like, this, you got to do this. You got to like, especially the women who don't feel their strength. Yeah. Especially when I see, uh, like sometimes, you know, you can be acting from a place where you feel like you're the victim or that you're weak and you don't yeah. know any differently because that's how it felt to you as a child. Yeah. And it's, it's shocking to me. I mean, this must've been what pa Patty and other people saw in me. And when I see it in other people, I'm like, oh my God, you have no idea the power that you have. And so, yeah, I feel, I feel that in my body now. And what was interesting in this particular kind of workout was my trainer was saying that she was like, you only have to do half an hour a week, but your body is going to want probably because it's going to build energy and, and strength. It's going to want to do other things, which at first I didn't want to. But then over time, I could actually feel that my body wanted to do other things. It wanted to dance. It wanted to like move. Yeah. It just wanted to use the strength that it was it had now right and so um so that that was part of it and then um i would say you know the next part of it which i talked about in one of our podcasts that we haven't published <laughs> mm -hmm. um our, the last podcast where i talked about the big fight that you and i had right and um i talked about how i had had uh an eating disorder and um, hmm. How, how far do I go back in the story? Go as far as you want. I mean, <sighs> you had an eating disorder. Well, yeah. So, um, growing up, I, as as we have learned now, I my mom, uh, I think she tried to breastfeed me, but apparently I was allergic to her milk, her breast milk, and so then. They tried to feed me cow's milk, and I was allergic to that. So it took a while, I think, for them. And they had no money, my parents. Um, and it probably took them a while to figure out that the goat's milk was the only milk that I could drink. And so you and I, in our last inter our last big screaming match. Our la our, what do you mean? It's our last. Like, we've had many. That was the no, first No, no, the last one we had. It's, it's, uh, since, I mean... The last one that we've had, not the only one that we've had. How many screaming matches have we had? What do you mean? Maybe the only one. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. You're saying the last one we had. I'm like, it's the only one right. we've ever had. <laughs> Don't make it seem like we have one of these every month or I know, something. That's true. It was the first time. I know. It was a big deal. It was a I big was deal. Very sad that 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 podcast did not get published. Um well, we can give the highlights on this podcast so people people are curious now. But go ahead with you, your story. No, then you tell you tell that part of the story. Okay, right now. Yeah. Um. Okay. Where do I begin? Uh. You asked me. Uh, we talked about snack. We had the workshop coming up, and we talked about the. Uh, the you asked about snacks, and I I, I had a hesitation because I was like, "What do we need snacks for?" I never liked snacks. During all my years at school, people would bring snacks, and I, I, I didn't like it. And I, I, because I thought 
that it led to uh, emotional eating because we're doing deep emotional work and people get stressed out and they want to eat. And I didn't think it was a good idea for people to be pounding handfuls of chocolate almonds and chips. I didn't like it. And and I'm kind of a health person. And at Ann's school, there was, there was just a lot of junk food around. And I'm like, we're here to heal, but there's fucking sugar and chips fucking everywhere. We need to point this out. This is bad. Like, this is bad. People aren't, you know, we're not encouraging people to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol. Why is there all, all this fucking junk food? And I would get completely ignored and made bad. Like I was shaming. I was shaming. And because it should have been shamed. It's wrong. I'm against <laughs> it. No fucking snacks. And, but you said you wanted snacks. I was like, okay. And then I came to the office and I saw that there were chips and hummus and hummus and crackers. It was the, t- the, 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 the trinity of sin. <laughs> and there were apples and carrots. That was fine. And I just kind of lost it. I was like, what the fuck is with the snacks? What is no? I was like, no. And you were, we had this big fight. You were like, no, we need fucking snacks. And uh, you were very uh, belligerent. I mean, I was belligerent, but you were equally uh, aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah, that's a better word. Um, and you're basically like, fuck you. Which and, I was very proud of. Yeah, no, it was good. I appreciated it. Um, and it didn't, nothing made sense to me. None of the answers you gave, because I was tracing the logic of it. I'm like, when are they going to eat snacks? Right. And I was saying that I wanted to provide a, a feeling of abundance. You know, people come, they feel like. Yeah, I was for that. But you can provide abundance without hummus. <laughs> well, and also that you you had said that it was about the distraction the emotional eating and yeah know. the emotional eating and basically we were providing lunch and dinner and so the only time they're going to snack is on the short breaks and i don't want people eating on the short breaks i want them going to the bathroom and coming right back and so i said well then if that's the case then we shouldn't let people on their phones either yeah and and then you were like it was a ridiculous no. argument no i don't think so and then you were like well that's their phone. I was like, people are showing up with their phones. We're not providing them with the phone. Right. We're providing with the snacks. And I said, well, we can tell them that they can't use their phones or we would, we want to ask people and not to use like, the phone fine. or eat that's snacks. Fine. That's apparently. fine. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> fine. That's fine. Then let's tell them not to use their phone. I'm down with that. That's, that's about the pitch it was. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. It's not the same. The phone is not the fucking same as the fucking snacks. And you're like, yes, it is. <laughs> You were being obstinate. Yeah, I was. I was really mad. I was so fucking mad. And I, it was the, the amount of energy that was in my body. I was like, obviously, this... And I said, I was like, obviously, this is an issue for you. And you were like, no, no, this is an issue. And I was like, well, we're both triggered. So it's, it's something that's going on for both. And I mm-hmm. knew that there was something going on for me. But... I didn't know how deep it was. Right. I knew that it was something, but I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know. And then we didn't really resolve it that night. That, and it was the night before our workshop. Yeah. Which I was like, we gotta, we gotta figure this shit out because, because the group, when you are in 
a workshop and you're co-leading with someone, your group will feel the energy of the leaders. And if they're divided in some way, it's going to come through in the group. That's what I learned in supervision. Yeah, and, of course. And I did not want that. There was no, but we were so divided on this. We were very divided. And, and so I that night, well, uh, my favorite part of that was you had, kind, it seemed to me that you had kind of softened, you know, and you were sitting in the chair in the middle of the room. And I was like, you know, angrily putting stuff up in the bathroom. And I came out and you were still there. And I, I looked at you and I was like, uh, is there something else? And you were like, no, 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 I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I was like, okay, good. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you were cold. I know. It's just like, do you need something? No, to get the fuck out of here. Okay, I'm going. Fine. You're pissed. I know. I understood. I was coming at you very hot. Oh, yeah. And uh, there was something. Yeah, I definitely was triggered. There was something about it. But also, I couldn't make sense of it. Like, I had this feeling like, what the fuck is going on with the snack? There was something about it that I could feel was just... I don't know. I there was it, it was weird. Like, well, my pushing back must have signaled you. Yeah, I was like, like, "Why are you like?" I felt like your arguments were irrational, and they were. And I yeah, didn't they think were, my arguments were rational, but I did think the level, irrational, the whatever. level we'll at the which I was arguing. <laughs> um, the level, yeah, the level of aggression was like a tell. Yeah, and uh, and so yeah, we came back the next day. Well. I, you, I mean, you were here. I was here. I don't know. You were here. I came to do some work outside, getting things ready. And then you came out and you're like, do you want to talk? We need to talk. And you were, you weren't, you weren't chill. You well, were- I, I, I actually, I was surprised that you were there. Cause I, I didn't know, oh. you know, if you were going to, uh, call me or who was going to, you know, approach who first. And so I didn't hear from you, but then I was at the office getting some stuff prepared and then you showed up and that wasn't, that was a surprise. I, uh, I didn't expect but you. But we had a text exchange the night before that was business. Pro- pro- professional. But professional, yeah. but friendly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had spoken to a couple of people by that point, spoke to Jana and Ferd. Ferd didn't really say anything, but the, the only thing I said to them, which I thought was hilarious was, um, Dave and I had a screaming match. Guess what it's, it was about? And Jana was like, uh, it was about the workshop? And I was like, no. Was it about, she, she guessed a couple other things. And I was like, no, just think of the most ridiculous thing that we could have a screaming match about. And she was like, the snacks? <laughs> I was like, yes, the snacks. So I asked for the same thing. I was like, Dave and I had a screaming match. It's the most ridiculous thing you could have a screaming match about. Guess what it was about? He's like, the snacks? <laughs> like what is see they know that that you have issues with snacks that's that's obviously what that means like uh uh-oh angela has got her snack thing but they also thought it was finally the one dave is the only one with the fucking balls to finally stand up to angela and say what the fuck is with the snacks lady no they were like this is the that is literally the most ridiculous thing you could have a screaming match about but Mm -hmm. in any case they, I mean, yeah, they know, they know, they know my stuff, you know, so it's right. probably true on some level. But so, you know, when I talked to Jan about it, I got clearer 
um, what it could possibly be about, you know, but I still wasn't sure. Anyway, the next day when you came to the, I saw your car parked, but you didn't come in. I didn't come in. And so then I, I you know, I just felt like, I mean, you must have seen that. Where did you yeah, see? Yeah, I saw you were here. I saw you inside. I, I, I had out work outside to do, and I just figured we were going to cross paths at some point, and we talk about it, and then eventually you came out, and you said, let's talk. And I said, okay. And uh, we went to the picnic table. And, outside. Uh, outside, and there was more screaming Which and yelling. Which may, may not have been the best decision. But Nobody was around. It was fine. I had my eye on the... Right. The surroundings. There was one one moment where somebody came out, but they didn't hear anything. It was during a quiet moment. But yeah, there was some screaming and yelling, and it was basically a continuation. Mm-hmm. And Which surprised me. I was like, "Oh God, we're, yeah, we're right back in it. We're right back in it." And uh, I don't know. I wouldn't let it go. I was yeah. just like, "There's some fucking shit with the snacks." And then I said, "Well." Maybe it's because you think that this is, has something to do with me wanting to take care of everybody and right. that this is like, you know, my thing of, of like mothering people or over nurturing or giving people what they want right. as opposed to just, you know, doing the work. And and you said like you kind of, you know, backed off a little bit and you were like, okay, yeah, maybe that's maybe, it. Maybe, maybe, yeah. And... So then, like, we talked about that for a little bit, but I could feel that I was like, well, you, I think you said something like, well, if that's what it is for you, then, you know, okay, you know, like, right. but I knew that that's not what it was for me. Right. And I was like, I'm not, that's, that's not the reason why this thing about the snacks, like, I'm, I'm not, uh, I don't feel that I am in the energy of taking care of my clients or that kind of thing. I mean, maybe at some point it was that, but it's not that for me anymore. And I could feel that. So then, so then it was like, well, then what is it? You know, this is all in your head. You're saying this because you didn't say this stuff out loud. No, I did. You did? Well, I said, I said, maybe you think that it's because I, I, I want to take care of that. Yeah, that part, that part. But, and you said when you said yeah, I was like yeah maybe I don't know and then all of a sudden you were just like my mother starved me and you started no bawling. I said right and then I said just out of nowhere I was just like boom you just dropped into this other that's how I experienced well I, it. I started to I started to cry which yeah. I really did not want to do right because I felt like it was I was betraying myself on some level like I was like this is the worst because. In this moment where I feel like I'm standing up for myself, now I'm crying, which is a repeat of my history. Like, I can't hold this this position of strength that I feel in my body. Like, I have to cry in order for us to come together. And I was so upset about that. Uh But then, as I started to cry, because I couldn't help it, and then I was like, what do you want me to tell you, Dave? You know, right. you want me to tell you that my mother starved me. Right. And and when I said those words, you immediately like you, I, I don't, so, something ha- like I, I just saw something drop. Everything dropped. Mm-hmm. Like there was like your defense dropped. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was impacted by it. Yeah. And I, 
I kind of surprised myself. It, it's it's and you said I didn't know that, right? And I said, I, I I mean I was, I was in it, and I was like, you know, is this how you is this how you do it, Dave? Is this how you want to do it? You want to break people down <laughs> so that you get to the, the the truth? And you were like, well, I, you know, I, I was mean, like in my mind, it's like exactly yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I do, and it's working. I was like, I don't like it. I don't want to, you know. Yeah. And um, Dash. but I could feel that there was some truth now coming out. Mm-hmm. And I had never said the words, my mother starved me. Right. And it, in all the years that I've done all this work, it was like those particular words hit something so deep inside of me that I started to cry and I could feel the level of crying. It was like, it was like a baby crying. I yeah. was hiccuping and I like I couldn't control my body. And so I I there was some observer part of me that started to I could feel was coming online. Mm-hmm. Like I I was aware of myself. It wasn't just that I was in the experience, but I was aware of myself as I was so I just allowed myself to have this full body like release yeah. of, of crying that yeah, I knew there. needed to come through me that I hadn't felt. And um, I was like, wow, this, this like some part of me. And I, I knew this on some level, but the, the level that I was getting it in that moment was deeper than I'd ever gotten it. My mother consciously or unconsciously did starve me. Right. To and keep you skinny. To keep me skinny, but also like what I was saying, you know, I think that, you know, me being allergic to her milk and, right, you right. know, them not having very much money and goat's milk right. being very expensive and, and this whole thing, like I'm, my guess is that, you know, there was probably some, some, some place where I didn't get everything that I needed nutritionally, right. you know? Right. And, um, the baby this, felt like she was going to die. She was starving. She wasn't getting her needs met. And so there's there's some anxiety and panic. Well, over, I had, I mean, I, I had this memory recently, like mm-hmm. since, since we had that, that fight, it was like, I, I just remembered that, um, I think when I was five or something, and this is a story that they tell, like they had, they rushed me. I was, my stomach was like in massive pain. And so they rushed me to the emergency room. And the doctors did all these tests. And when the tests were finished, the doctor was like, There's, we don't see anything wrong with her. We think she's just hungry. <laughs> oh, my God. She's just hungry. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I've never, you know, it's that's just been a funny story to me. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. But in light of what I was, you know, yeah. what we had just processed through, it's like, oh, my God. You Maybe know? your mother was trying to kill you. She's trying to. She, I mean, it's there's weird shit going on out there. Well, I don't know, but in any case, we once love you, love you know, mother. at one point, I was still there, there. Was still some part of me that was mad that, like, that it felt like you know, it was like you you want to break me down so that you could get me to this place, you know, mm-hmm. and and then I and then I just asked you to come over, and I was like, Dave, will you come over? And you know, I was like hysterically crying and you were like, you want me to come next to you? Like you were surprised you uh-huh. know? and you came and you sat down next to me and then I just held your hand and I just needed to feel 
like the support Mm -hmm. and I felt so so supported by you especially in a moment right after we I felt so divided you know Mm -hmm. and and then and then it was over you know like I I processed through that emotion and was like like right you know and you you said something like it must have felt like you were you were dying is that what you Mm -hmm. said must have like if you if your mother starved you like if your mother consciously or unconsciously starved you like you must have felt like you were gonna die yeah and that felt true to me right and that when i get hungry it's on some level it feels like i'm gonna die yeah and so um i i mean it still happens for me like it, that's been an issue for me like nighttime especially mm. you know like i get scared like I'm going to go for this long of a time Mm -hmm. sleeping and I'm not going to have any food. So I have to eat like really late at night to make sure that I'll have enough food. But now it's like a problem. It's like, I don't sleep well. Like my stomach gets upset and I'm like, I gotta, I gotta work on this, you know? And so in any case, this is all to go back to, you know, this, I, so I, I developed, you know, there was, there was that, there was also my mom, you know, she did think that I was overweight growing Mm -hmm. up. And, and so, you know, she felt it was in my best interest to not have food, you know, not have too much food around or, and so I figured out a way and, um, the story that I, I told last time about, uh, my, when I was, when I came back after freshman year of college, um, I gained 15 pounds, the freshman 15, and my mom was so mad. And so we were going to Taiwan that summer. And on the plane, she told me that my aunt was, she had, my aunt had signed me up for a diet program that had cost $2,500, very expensive, very fancy, you know, and that I should be very grateful for her uh, doing this for me. Mm -hmm. And I was, and so for three weeks I went to this facility, you know, it was like a women's thing where you, you know, they had like workouts, you, they wrapped you in aluminum foil to make you sweat. They, they, they did this weird exercises that weren't really exercises, but then you, every day you ate a hard boiled egg, uh, steamed spinach and chicken broth. And that's all you ate for the three days, for the three weeks. And so um, at the end of the, the two, uh, three weeks, my mom and dad had gone home uh, sooner than my sister and I did. And that last night that we were in Taiwan, I saw this crate of white peaches underneath my grandparents' couch. And it was like, I mean, you know, for anyone else, it would just be like, you know, it's like the the booze that's sitting there that you're not supposed to drink or, you know, it's like the last temptation. It's the, it's the apple in the garden of Eden, you know, like, and I took a white peach and I ate that peach and it was like, like heaven and hell all at the same time. And then we get home and my sister runs upstairs and I hear her bragging to my mom about how good I looked. And I go upstairs and my mom looks at me and she tells me to stand in the middle of the room and to turn around. So I turn around and she says, okay, 
Now, if you could just lose five more pounds, you would be perfect. And those were the words that went all the way in. I was like, okay, if I lose five more pounds, I'll be perfect. And so I went to my room and I looked at myself in the mirror and I, you know, like we talk about like you make these decisions when you're a child, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't necessarily know that you're making the decision. Mm -hmm. I made a decision in that moment that I could not keep doing, I could not keep up with that, that diet and that somehow I was going to have to figure out a way to lose the five pounds, but also do it in a different way. And I figured out that you could binge on whatever you wanted to eat, and then you could make yourself throw up. And I didn't, I'd never heard of that. I'd never seen it on TV. It was not a big thing back then. Right. Um, I'd never read about it. I didn't have friends who did it. I just figured that out. I don't know how I did. And this is, you know, what I say, like, this is why I think our strategies are so brilliant. Mm -hmm. And I never shame anyone for the strategy that they came up with because it's like perfect. Right. It was exactly what I needed to do. Right. And so that was my life, you know, for the next few years. And, um, bulimia, that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even, I didn't know that I, I had that. Um, that was, that was a thing until I think it was my senior year in college. That was my freshman year. So senior year in college, I signed up for a psychology class and I picked eating disorders as a topic, not knowing that I had an eating disorder. And I, I was, it was like spring break or something. And, and I went to the library and I was doing my paper and I picked this book on bulimia and on the back cover, it said, do you do this? Do you have this? Do you like, and Uh I was everything like I checked and I was like, oh my God. Like it was shocked me. And then um, realizing that I went home and my mom was there and I told her, I was like, I have an eating disorder. I have bulimia. And she was like, she said, which was shocking to me at the time. She's like, okay, we're going to get you the best help that we can, Mm. which was so it was one of the times where I remember her being really loving and helpful. Mm -hmm. And my dad came home and I told him and his response, which was shocking as well, was, no, you're my perfect girl. And he went upstairs and he closed the door. So weird. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so. Well, I get it. It, 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 When I've dated a few women with eating disorders and it's something. I don't feel it with you here, but it's disturbing. It, yeah. it, it's very disturbing. Like you, you, you don't know what to do. Right. No. And it's, a, there's a feeling of helplessness and it, I, I don't know. You, you, you can intuit how deep and twisted and sad it is. And, uh, it's, I think it's a hard thing to confront head on mm-hmm. for anyone, but yeah. I can, I, I can understand why your father would, just like, I can't even look at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of things that it was hard for my dad to look at. But, right. you know, I, yeah, I understand as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there were a lot of hard things for me to look at. Yeah, yeah. So, 
so yeah so i mean you know obviously i got help and went into a whole journey of i mean that was prop that was my first therapy session was in ohio you know really <laughs> working on this yeah was, that's kind of weird to huh. remember that now um but yeah that 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 took me into the world of therapy but cut to you know um last year so pretty much i would say that all that time between then and now i've carried this extra five or ten pounds on my mm -hmm. body mm -hmm. it kind of knowing on some level it was like to spite my mother really i'm not gonna be perfect for you mm. i'm not gonna do what you want me to do yeah and i was um i don't there was some uh i just had some like epiphany last year it was just kind of like it's time it's hmm. time for me to let go of this this weight you know hmm. that i know that i'm carrying that i don't need mm -hmm. and i'm i'm gonna let it go and I was also, you know, there's also some, there was some fear that I had, like, if I let this, this weight go, um, are women going to be jealous of me? Am I going to, is it going to threaten? I mean, essentially, like, I was afraid that it was going to threaten my mother on some level. Right. And, um, and then I just decided it was like, I can handle that if that's what happens people get jealous or people get mad or you mm -hmm. know any of that stuff happens i mean there's a whole story behind that as well but it was like i i just could feel like no matter what happens i'm going to be able to handle it yeah and so i signed up for that noom program you know mm -hmm. um just because i felt like that it might help me and i other friends had signed up for it oh, really like, it seemed like it worked they give you a, an eating plan they don't give you an eating plan. It just it, it's a easy way to track your your food and your weight and oh. um and then they give you like a a one-on-one -on -one coach and uh Oh really? Yeah, and a group if you want to sign up for. Those things are they're helpful. Yeah. But the main thing for me was the tracking, which I thought Yeah, you got to track. Yeah, which I didn't I'd never done before. Mm -hmm. And so um so that helped me and I, I started to lose weight and it's been, I mean, I, I, I feel really good now, you know, you look and, great. And yeah, it, that, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. What a story. Well, you, it feels like you're doing it for you. Well, exactly. Yeah. I am doing it for me. Yeah. And yeah. And it's some, it feels like, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to me. I'm sure it's inspiring to women in general. But it's also, I don't know, it just feels like an act of self-love. Yeah, yeah. That's... It feels like part of you coming all the way into yourself and claiming who you are and claiming your power and wanting to feel good in your body and gain mastery over uh, your diet and food, which I think is an important thing to do just on, on a on a lot of different levels you know to to really master your relationship with food uh but just to look and feel good i mean th th this is no small thing mm -hmm. you know right. and uh 
mastering your your body, mastering what you eat, you know, exercise, and really, you know, not not from a vanity, but just like I feel and look good. It's important. Well, it's. I mean, you know, I know you know this about me, and I know this is true about you. I value freedom, and there's there's. I could feel that I wasn't free in this right. place. Right, exactly. And, but what you just said, like, feels so true. Um, this thing about self-love. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if I'm holding on to this weight to spite my mother, you know, or to like, yeah. you know, out of like, this is, this is me. When I, it's not really me, you right. know, it doesn't yeah. feel really mm-hmm. good then I'm not, I, I, I'm still a child there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not in my power and yeah. I could feel that. And so now, um, it's like, you know, I, on some level, that little girl or that, that girl was like, I'm not going to give this to you, mom, yeah. you know? And now it just feels like, no, I'm going to give it to myself. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that happening, I think, Mm -hmm. maybe for both of us. Yeah. Do you feel that too? Yeah, I feel that. I feel uh, that I'm letting go a lot uh, of uh, my past. I mean, I had a a dream about Hollywood. I had a dream about Anne, about my mother, you know, Idlewild, Fire, No Mm. Home. I mean, there's a lot of weird sex porno stuff like it was it all felt like my past california hollywood like everything that i experienced in the 20 years that i lived in la there was some something that some energy that was no longer like i wasn't resonating with it anymore Mm. and um i think there was some place i'm I was still attached or hadn't said goodbye or, mm. or even was grieving the, the ways that I had betrayed myself, um, in order to survive there, uh, particularly in Hollywood, but also, you know, at Ann's school and, uh, and now I'm here in Texas and we're starting this, you know, we're not starting, we've started, we have this space and it, it, there's no going back. Like this is my life now and there's no one helping me. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're helping me, but uh, I'm, I don't have an agent. I don't have a manager. Mm -hmm. I'm not some young, cute actor that people want to, you know, exploit and put on TV. And I I just have to show up and, and, you know, bring all my charm with me. Mm. This is a, another level of self-responsibility and I'm going to, um, succeed or fail based on uh all of my attributes and it's going Mm. to require all of me a full commitment it's going to require my charm it's going to require my intelligence it's going to require my skill it's going to require uh, my dedication and and patience and and uh, love and care all of it every every aspect has Mm. to be i have to i have to be fully realized and committed in order to uh, get what i want here Mm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I have to, uh, let go of, um, any, uh, pettiness or uh, comparison 
or uh, resentment. You know, I have to really operate from a place of uh, love and gratitude. And uh, I prayed for that mm. uh, last week in Sweat Lodge. I just had a really clear vision that the, the, of. Well, I could just feel there because I was in a big fight with Diana, and I was just like, Rrr! you know, angry, and I could feel the resent. I could feel just the lower self, like "fuck you, fuck you," you know. Mm. And I, I mean, obviously, I knew I was in distortion. We were in a fight. It's fine. But I just, I don't know. It just was some something that said, some, some way I said to myself, it's like, what would happen if you really operated from a place of of love, not, not power, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want power. I want to identify with power. I, I, that's that's the, the psychopath in me, right? Power feels safe. And what would happen if I oriented to love, like in a genuine way, not in a sappy spiritual bypass way, but in a, in a powerful way. If I just, you know, came from a place of love and gratitude and acceptance and peace and, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I prayed for that. And, uh, but yeah, it requires a letting go of uh, all the the lower self stuff. Mm. And, uh, so, um, yeah, I feel similarly, I guess. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly the same thing, but, but yeah, definitely letting go of a lot of, a lot of things from the past and grieving, I think a little bit. Mm. And also we're in the unknown. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, I mean, you and I are personally in the unknown, but also the world is in the unknown mm. and there's just, there's chaos. And I've spent the last four or five years like being really uh, angry about what's been happening in the world and the way people have been reacting to things. And I've felt a deep sense of betrayal and it's been revealed to me how corrupt the system really is. And um, realizing how, you know, we've all been gaslit and manipulated and I felt all this fucking resentment about that. I mean, I just wanted to go to war and kill mm. all these motherfuckers and you know, was betrayed by friends and demonized all of this. And uh, you know, I was angry about it and uh I finally just had to come to a place of acceptance like, okay, this is what it is. This is what the world is. This is what's going on. And uh I don't want to be at war with the world. Um and I just finally feel like i've accepted it i'm i i'm barely on twitter anymore that was mm-hmm. the place where i used to go and read all the stuff and get charged up and outraged and i don't feel uh pulled to it mm-hmm. it all just seems absurd and ridiculous and and i'm really trying to get to a place of just like seeing it all as some crazy you know it's these are these are the games that the silly apes play <laughs> and uh you know, I don't have to take it seriously. I can just focus on what it is that I want to do. And uh, and that's probably the best use of my time and energy. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to keep it all very, very simple. Mm. Um, and, but part of that actually is, um, you know, because I could, I could drop 10 pounds uh, myself. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just 
changing the way that I'm eating, changing the, and changing the way that I'm working out. I mean, I've always worked out. I've always ate relatively well, but there was always a, you know, it was at 75, 80%, you know, which is good, but it's not 90, it's not 100. Mm. What would happen if I went all in? Mm. What would happen if I was totally dedicated? What if happened if I didn't miss a workout? What would happen if I really went hard in every workout? What would happen if I was, you know, 100% or 95% on my diet, mm. you know, like, and really disciplined about it? And I think, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so I've been thinking a lot about that mm. and uh, putting a lot of attention on it. And, uh, and also part of it is, you know, you get 52 and, uh, I want to, I want to live as long as possible. I mean, I have a woman who's 16 years younger than me, Mm -hmm. so I want to, you know, stay in shape, uh, for her. Uh, and, uh, and in a lot of ways I feel like I'm just getting going. So I want to be feeling strong at 70, 75, even 80, you know? And so what does that require? Well, we know what it requires, uh, requires eating a hell of a lot less food as you get older and it requires a a certain kind of exercise and uh, which i've always done again but but uh uh to really you know exercise for um well-being and longevity as opposed to uh you know vanity or or you Mm -hmm. know training for sports which is how i used to do it so uh yeah that's kind of what's going on for me Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds that there's something about it that, that sounds so similar to where I got today. It was kind of like, there's a letting go when you talked about like letting go of coming from the power, which maybe was your strategy. Yeah, it was. And so to, to, to be in the love and the gratitude that I mean, does that feel scary to you? Like, do you feel? How do you? How does it feel? It feels, yeah, it feels. It only feels scary because it feels powerful. It's like I can actually feel that's where the real power is. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, as long as there's, uh, for me, I have to have boundaries. It requires, if I'm going to come from a place of love, I have to have, I have to be, I still have to be fierce and I have to have very clear boundaries. Mm. And, uh, because I'm not here to take care of people Mm. Mm -hmm. and my love uh, can be expressed in a lot of, uh, a lot of ways as you found out. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not exactly love, but there is some, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get to the truth of something and there's love, there is love in it. Um, but, uh, it's not like soft and fuzzy all the time. So it's just reminding myself of that. Like coming from a place of love does not mean that I'm not fierce. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I can't have boundaries that I can't, uh, protect what's mine. Mm-hmm, right. That I can't go after what I want in a in an aggressive way. It's not soft. Mm. It's not passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So that's what I mean. And so, but yeah. But 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 also, it's it's recognizing 
uh, you know, the, the just a, the deeper truth of who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and and who we all are, mm-hmm. really. And uh, just also, like, what would it be like to come to come from that place? What would it be like if I just, you know, saw the world through the eyes of my heart? Mm. Saw myself through the eyes of my heart was kind and forgiving and less judgmental and more accepting and curious. I mean, I am all those things, but but to really make a commitment uh, to be that way as often as I can and to really um, catch myself and correct when I feel my mind go to the judgment or the resentment or the bitterness, like to really see that as a sin mm. Mm. and to be careful of it, mm-hmm. to be very, very, cause it's a slippery slope and it's a, it's a vibration. It's an energy. It's seductive. It's and ego. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's easy to get pulled into it. But I, you know, fortunately I don't hang around a lot of people who are negative, mm. but uh Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I, I feel, you know, my strategy is to look good, you know, um, <laughs> I, let which, me just say something about that though. I think that's like, well, well let me just, let okay, me just, go let ahead. Me just say that mm-hmm. because it doesn't mean that I don't look good. It just means it's coming from a different place I understand. Yeah, and that, that I, I mean, it, it does feel a little like a, you know, if that's been the, the, what's the phrase, the hat I've been holding, I can't think, well, that, that's what I've been holding on to, uh-huh. you know, as my anchor, as my orientation and to let that go right? and to just not know like where, you know, if I don't, if I'm not trying to look good, it basically means that I, I I'm not, I, I'm, I'm coming out of the lie. Yeah. And I'm I'm coming into more of the truth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just there there's some some place I can feel that there's some place where my ego wants to like go kind of go back. Like it's an easy place to look good and to just like have a little bit of a, a little bit of a a sheen or, you know, something where, where I'm not showing everything, you know? And, but it's becoming too painful to to live there. Yeah, I understand. And so. Well, we can't. Yeah. With what we're doing, because otherwise we're going to be exposed. If we're in a lie, people are going to point it out and it's over. Yeah, that's true. Like we can't do what we're doing and teach what we're teaching. I mean, we're going to get called out. It doesn't matter, right? You know, probably me more than you, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but okay. <laughs> Everybody loves you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's cool that we're both coming into this, you know, kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is good. So, I mean, I, you don't have to get into this, but I'm just curious, like. You know, I know you were in this big fight with Diana. Yeah. And you actually, I think you flew her here, right? So yeah. She was in Florida and she, yeah. And she flew back here just so that you guys could resolve it. And did yeah. you guys resolve it? Uh, yeah, no, we did. We oh. did. We did resolve it. Yeah. There was something that was going on. I don't know what, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm not even sure what it was about. 
I mean, I know what it was about, but I think it was probably about other things as well. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, yeah, we, I could feel we were not going to resolve it over the phone. I mean, the fight started over the phone Mm. and, uh, it happened, I think the Saturday night of the workshop, which was probably Mm. Mm -hmm. a mistake for me to talk to her. And she, she said something about, so here's the thing. Diana likes to go down these rabbit holes, right? And she can go, she's a little out there. With the some of the, you know, conspiracy theories, she's drawn to the conspiracy theories, and as I've said before uh, on this podcast, it to me her like it's an expression of her imagination. Like she's brilliant, and the way and she's trying to figure something out, and she's putting the pieces of the puzzle together, and it's uh it's like a story for her in some way. Can I just Mm -hmm. ask a question? Mm -hmm is is it okay like I, I suddenly feel protective of diana like is it o- is it okay that with her that you're you're telling the story we'll find out oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel I, protective of you diana <laughs> don't worry I'm okay, not, okay okay yeah, okay yeah i mean i'm um because I'm, i i mean yeah 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 well do, do you feel like i'm throwing her under the bus or anything well you i mean know. go to her instagram page and read her instagram page yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not uh Right. I'm not I'm not revealing anything. Right. Right. I mean, I don't think so, but I'm just I'm just, I'm just I'm just I was just curious. I just wanted yeah, to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I I mean uh, Diana, yeah. Well, okay. So let, let me just say, let me let me say this. From my perspective, mm-hmm. I see it as that sometimes, not in all things, she can tend towards what I would say, and she might have a different way of labeling it, the conspiratorial. Now, I tend towards the conspiratorial. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. I think there's fucking conspiracies everywhere. Right. I think if you're not a conspiracy theorist right now, you're not in reality. I mean, all these conspiracy theories are coming true. <laughs> so, you know, but she can go further. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes, you know, what I believe about a lot of conspiracy theories, and I, I believe about a lot of things that she says, and, you know, it's based on stuff that she reads, that it's actually directionally true. This is how I feel about a lot of conspiracy theories, that maybe the story that the mm. conspiracy theory is telling isn't actually true. But there's something in the essence of what they're saying that is true. There's some lie that's mm. in the, the story that we're being told. And there's some there's something being covered up, and they're they're, they're digging in to something, and it's it they're important. Mm-hmm. I really feel this way about conspiracy conspiracy theories, and I pay attention to them, like the moon landing thing, right? People are like, "Oh, the moon landing's fake." I don't know, maybe it was fake. I mean, it is interesting that they've lost all the technology, or they and there's all kinds of footage that's gone, and that they did recreate some stuff in a studio because they. They couldn't film something. So there there was some mm. something that weird. people were picking up right. on that was weird that was going on that led to the whole thing was a fake, right? So they were onto something. They were directionally accurate. Anyway, Diana said something that uh, from this perspective about crypto, mm-hmm. Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not having it. <laughs> right. Because I, you know, it's like she watched one fucking 
Bitcoin video and from, from these, you know, quote unquote conspiracy theory, what I would call conspiracy theory people and was like, oh, did you hear this? And I was just like, what? Because I, you know, I deep down the rabbit hole of crypto. And for some reason, I fucking snapped. <laughs> uh-huh. And it all came out. Now, we needed to have a conversation about this stuff because it went both ways. One, because it, it, there was a place where we'll be talking about things. And when you don't see the world in quite the same way as your partner, uh, it's painful because mm-hmm. there's a, you know, you know this, we mm-hmm. all know this. There's a, a place where there's, you're in disconnection. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't really addressed it fully. And so similar to what I did with you, with the snacks, where I wouldn't (laughs) let it go, I wouldn't let this go. Mm. I was like, no, no, there's something going on here. There's something, there's something. And, and, you know, I don't want to get into all of it, Mm -hmm. but there was something. Right. And also, uh, she had her own fears. I had my stuff. I had my judgments. Something had to be brought to the light Mm. that was in the shadows in our relationship. That's all. Mm. And it was very painful and it was scary and, uh, and we got to it. And then, so when she came, um, uh, it was kind of, as soon as we saw each other, it was like, it was almost over. Wow. And, uh, and then, you know, I was a little distant at first, but, um, and then the next day, you know, I was like, all right, let me see these fucking crypto videos. All right. I'm going to watch these fucking. And so I watched like there was two videos and, you know, she was super nervous, you know, just like, you know, of what I was going to think. And, uh, and I watched them and gave my feedback and, uh, and we kind of made peace. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, she was like, what this, and it, and it was vulnerable for her, right? Because mm-hmm. she's, she's, you know, she's, like I said before, Diana's an, like, she's an artist and, and I, she sometimes retreats into her own imagination and she, she has a world uh, that she lives in, like we all do. Mm. And her world was, uh, I guess there were places that she still hadn't let me all the way in mm. because she was afraid that I was going to uh, judge her. Oh. Right? Or not mm. accept her there. And so, of course, you know how that goes when you're afraid that somebody's going to judge you or not accept you. You kind of unconsciously push them away. Right, and then and create the actual you create judgment. the actual judgments, <laughs> yeah. which is exactly what happened. Uh-huh. And uh, and though and so now it just feels like it's all water under the bridge. And um, you know, I watched the videos. I showed. Then I was like, okay, we're gonna watch your videos. Then we're gonna watch my videos, my crypto <laughs> videos, and we can decide whose videos are more accurate. Uh, all I know is the videos I watch are by people who are billionaires, crypto investors. I'm going to go with they know what the fuck they're talking about. But um, but no, actually, her videos, they, there were a lot of interesting things in them. And and the perspective that these people hold that, they, you know, there's a there's all kinds of ways of thinking about things. There's Wait, can all you, kinds can of you. Can you say what some of those? Well, there's like there's people out there who still think trump is president oh that there's the there's a uh the white hats and there are a uh this is the QAnon thing okay and that there are uh 
factions, white hat, good guys inside the U.S. government, inside the military, who are ultimately going to uh, reveal the evils of the regime and uh, and that Trump will uh, ultimately be reinstated in some way mm-hmm. as the true president because, of course, the election was stolen in their minds and in my minds, but, you know... Um, and uh, it's all going to be made right. Um, and again, I do feel that uh, they are, in some sense, directionally accurate in that uh, there's massive corruption mm. in uh, Washington. And there is an establishment that is there, at both Democrats and Republicans. And they're all through uh, uh, the CIA and the FBI and in big business and in big tech. And there's one big fucking mass collusion of elites who are trying to hold on to power. This is not a controversial conspiracy, conspiratorial thinking. This is how it is, has been since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. This is how human beings are. Uh, We tend towards totalitarianism. We tend towards uh, centralized power. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, you know, in my opinion, Trump was uh, the uh, disruptor of that. He came in from the outside, uh, populist. He knew the game because he'd played the game in his own way, doing business all over the world and uh, upset everything and didn't give a fuck and had the skills uh, and the balls to take them on. And ultimately, they uh, figured out a way to uh, eliminate him to get him out of the way so they could get back to their plans. That's how I see it. So this idea that there's good people and it's inside the government, ultimately they're going to reveal the true story. It's, I get it. Like I get the, uh, the impulse. I get the thinking and it, to me, it's a fan. It seems like a fantasy. I don't think that is going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I get why they think that way and I get why they need to think that way. And I don't think it's dangerous necessarily um, as, you know, people, it's not dangerous at all. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. And Diana pays attention to all of that. Um, and with a, I don't know that she uh, believes it entirely, um, but I think she watches it like she watches an episode of the arrow or of watching Hunger Games. It's fun. Hmm. And it's interesting. And it's fascinating to her. And she she sincerely is like, I don't know if any of this is true. But for her, she calls it, it's hopium. Like, I want it hopium. to be true. <laughs> because And it's like, and she laughs and she's, you know, well, how it's does fun that, for her. But how does that, how, how does that relate to the crypto? Well, these people, sorry, yeah. The, the, these, uh, this QAnon people who are into crypto. And they have their own takes on the cryptocurrency markets and Bitcoin and everything else. And so, and that perspective, that orientation towards reality, they also have toward cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. They're always, there's always some other agenda. There's always some secret. There's always some thing that nobody else knows that they figured out and here's what it is and here's how it's going to work. And and again, it's like I watched the videos. I know a lot about crypto, and and what they were saying wasn't necessarily wrong. I mean, w- some. What were they saying? 
Uh, They're saying Bitcoin's going to go away and that XRP is going to be the dominant uh, cryptocurrency and uh, and that XLM Stellar is going to be the other cryptocurrency that's going to. And it, there's a lot of pe- people talking about XRP, you know, Ripple. It is going to be huge um, as soon as this whole thing is cleared. Um, Bitcoin's not going away. Um, and, uh, you know, they're making fun of Michael Saylor and it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. It's like, if you're making fun of Michael Saylor, you don't understand Michael Saylor. Same way if you're making fun of Jordan Peterson, if you're making fun of Jordan Peterson, if you think Jordan Peterson is stupid, you're stupid. (laughs) I don't, I don't have any, I can't, I can't get with you. Like you can disagree with him or think he's obnoxious, but to say that he's stupid is, uh, is absurd. So. Um, they were dissing Michael Saylor and, you know, I, I, you know whatever. They, but they, they were interesting and they were funny and they were charming. And um, was it like the conspiracy? Consp- what is that podcast you listen to? The Conspirituality Podcast? Yeah. Uh-huh. Was it like No, that? those guys are the critics of these guys. Oh, okay. Right. Those guys are the, but they're, they're the worst. <laughs> they're the fucking worst. The Conspirituality guys. They're insane. The level of assumptions that they make. Uh, or the kind of assumptions that they make and their their arrogance. It's just, you know, oh my God. But anyway, um, no, we resolved it. It's all good. Mm. And uh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good at that. I mean, we, mm. we uh, were able to, we get into it, but it's never, we're not suffering unnecessarily. Mm. We're not repeating. We, the fight when mm. it's over, we always say, oh, it was about that thing for you and that thing for me. And it was something that was hidden. It was something that was scary. It was some some place that we were avoiding, something that we were avoiding talking about, um, confronting. And uh, and so it always feels like, you know, once we're on the other side of it, it's like we, we're, we're closer and... Um, and uh, we're 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 more yeah just it's there's greater intimacy mm. and truth so it creates more safety mm. but it's not pleasant it wasn't pleasant right yeah because when she's in her defense man it's like oh my god she's relentless so are you yeah I know but. <laughs> It's upsetting. It's just like, I, I, it's, it's just, oh my God. Like it took me two days. That's not bad. Two days. Two days to kind of start to recover. But I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't talk to her for a couple of days. Not, not because I was just like, I can't, I don't, I didn't trust myself to not get reactivated. And then I was finally like, I, you need to come out here because mm. it's not going to work over the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's all, it's all good. No, we, we had a great weekend and. Um, you know, I'm learning a lot and, you know, we're, we're settling into it and we'll see. Yeah. You know, I I mean, I can just feel how much I'm rooting for you guys, you know? (laughs) Yeah. It's hard when you're in it. It's fucking hard. And I, I'm definitely like, what is the fucking point of this? (laughs) Fucking women. They're all fucking crazy. That's where I go. Well, and I've, I've, you know, I've seen you in this place before with yeah. other women, but this time I was kind of like, I, I want to 
I'm 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 gonna support Diana here. I don't know. Yeah, your team, Diana. <laughs> I know. Fuck yourself. You should be on my team. <laughs> well, I'm on the team of Dave and Diana. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah, because Diana's like, do you tell Angela everything? I'm like, well, I I give her the highlights. I give her what she needs to know. I'm like, you don't worry. She's on your fucking side. <laughs> oh, believe me. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I said this before. I think she's good for you. She's good for me. <laughs> what does that mean? So is beef liver is good for me. <laughs> I mean, look at you. It's like, you know, you're working through this stuff that's really hard. That's really hard. And you're working on it with someone who's willing to work on it with you. That's yeah, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. like... I mean, that's everything. No, no, she's she's great. When you know, she once she and she lets it go. Mm. She 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 really lets it go very mm. quickly. She doesn't she doesn't hold on. Mm. Once once she gets it, once we kind of get it, it, like I see it register in her mind. She's mm-hmm. just like, that's it. It's like okay, right. And then she's yeah. on the other side. And well, kind of like you know our fight. It's like once it was like yeah. okay, it was over. Right. And then yeah. it, you know she moves on. So that that's nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. there'll be more <laughs> of course i know um anything else angela anything else that's important to say anything else you need to say for closure i mean i don't even know what this podcast has been about it's just we've got a, we've got a in our first intro workshop nobody signed up, up. No. zero people have signed up <laughs> Okay, maybe maybe we don't. But April 30th? April 30th. It's a Saturday. 1 to 4. 1 to 4. Go to... You can go to my website, I think. Or, it's mm-hmm. not, or go to... Mm, yeah, go to my website, davidsuckliff.com, and you'll, you'll find it. Or it's on Eventbrite. Just search Austin Power and Practice of Deep Feeling Mini Workshop. And we have our first... Or a second workshop. July. Uh, planned, uh, for July 8th. 8th, 8th to 10th. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, this mini workshop's an experiment. You know, we're trying to see if, well, they're like intros. It's like, so if you don't come for three hours, see what it is. You should come. If you're in the Austin area or you know anybody in the Austin area, send them to the Power and Practice Deep Feeling mini workshop. And uh, there's more to talk about. There's more to discuss. Always. But uh, maybe that's enough for now. I think so. Okay. Thank Thank you. you. 